I'm TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast, and I ask that you like, share, and comment on this video. Thanks for watching. All I got to say is, who that? Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. want to say thank you to everybody that's listening, watching this right now, whether you're watching it live or you're watching it pre-recorded later on. Um, really do appreciate your time. On this edition, we're going to be talking about Saints head coach Dennis Allen and it's time for him to put up or shut up. And we're also going to be talking about some of the things that you want to talk about. Of course, we are a very interactive podcast. If you're new to the channel, uh, all you have to do is put your comments down below um, in the chat. Um, and that's how the show kind of goes here. We're very, very interactive. Uh, Shouts out to everybody that has uh, been donating uh, to the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate that as well. And also want to say thank you to all those that have subscribed uh, to the new podcast, the Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast YouTube channel uh, as well. If you have not done that, uh, please do so. Uh, go to YouTube.com, search the Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast. Uh, it's a podcast that focuses on the NFL uh, in general. Um, I've been uh, live streaming it and uh, pre-recorded, showing the pre-recorded content that I had. Uh, I've been putting it on the State of the Saints podcast channel, but uh, eventually, I want to stop doing that and just exclusively uh, have that going on its own channel. But in the meantime, um, for those that want to check it out, there are episodes that are available on this channel. Um, you know, it's kind of different from uh, what we do here on the State of the Saints podcast. But anybody that knows me, has been following uh, me throughout the years, know that I'm a really uh, hardcore football fan. Um, and I love the NFL. Um, I love the New Orleans Saints. No doubt about it, but I love talking sports. So um, that's um, that's a podcast that I really enjoy doing. And uh, shouts out to everybody that checked it out. Um, and um, thank you for the love and the support that you all show uh, to this channel and uh, all the other ventures that I have going on as well. But let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk a little bit about head coach Dennis Allen. You know, um, Dennis Allen going into his second year as the Saints head coach. And, you know, you have so many... Well, let me take that back. You have Saints fans 
uh, that are very, very skeptical about Dennis Allen. There are a lot of positive things that have taken place this offseason that has Saints fans buzzing from the pickups of some of the guys that that we feel are more athletic than the guys that we lost uh, for the New Orleans Saints are recruiting and going out and getting the guy who was the most highly touted free agent at the time in Derek Carr, signing him to the New Orleans Saints. Also, um, you know, with Jamal Williams signing with the New Orleans Saints as well, the guy who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year. So um, the way I look at it is you got a lot of positive things, but on the other hand, you look at a guy like Dennis Allen and you wonder to yourself, can he, as the head coach, get the job done? And I have been one of those people that have been lobbying and advocating that, you know, last season was last season. There's nothing that you can do about it. But I think that we all can agree that if Dennis Allen can't get the job done this season, then I don't think that any Saints fan will ever believe in this guy ever again. Um, it, this is one of those moments where the New Orleans Saints organization have to understand that you can't continue to alienate fans and you cannot continue to try to throw the brick and hide your hand when it comes to uh, this guy. Um, it's rather you have it or you don't. It's rather you're good enough to lead a team as a head coach or you're not. It's rather, like uh, Matt Moscona would say, it's rather you're a general or you're a lieutenant. The reality is Dennis Allen has done absolutely nothing as a head coach to instill confidence in the fan base. But we have no choice but to go into 2023 with confidence and believing that this New Orleans Saints team has what it takes to make the playoffs. And I'm telling people right now, all right, if Dennis Allen can't get the job done this season, he never will. Because if you look at the New Orleans Saints schedule, it's one of the weakest schedules according to the, you know, the analytics out there. Now, I am one of those individuals that understand that, excuse me, turn my phone off. <laughs> I'm one of those individuals that understand that teams get better every single year. So, the whole strength of schedule narrative is based uh, based upon what a team did last year. And we know that teams improve rather they sign guys through free agency, they draft guys at positions of need, they get better. So I understand that. But we all know that out of those teams that struggle, only a few take a jump forward. And some of them remain in the same spot or they even take even a further step back. They have one of the weakest schedules in all of football, right? It's not like you won a division. It's not like you, you're playing division leaders. You're playing what the NFL considers bottom-of-the-barrel teams. And if the New Orleans Saints cannot get over the hump by playing bottom-of-the-barrel teams, how can you convince anybody that is a fan of the New Orleans Saints that Dennis Allen is the answer? Period. Now, it, it, it's remain, it remains to be seen if he's capable of doing this. I will say this. Dennis Allen does have mo a positive quality over Sean Payton. The quality is getting guys to be motivated and buy into what he's actually doing. I've talked about this before. The New Orleans Saints, if they go out and they try to interview or talk to a highly touted free agent under Sean Payton, 
nine times out of ten they weren't getting that guy i don't know if it was because of sean payton's arrogance i don't know if it's because sean payton maybe doesn't show the love as much as dennis allen does but dennis allen does get the guys that he feels like will help this team win and he has done a really good job with it the problem is when those guys get on the field are they being as productive and, you know, I, I've said this on Twitter and it, it could have been considered kind of controversial, but I don't care. Dennis Allen has been a little bit too passive, a little bit too soft. When, when I think about uh, his handling of these players, you got guys that are sitting on the sidelines, not taking part in preseason, not really practicing uh, him making excuses for why these guys aren't out there. And, you know, guys look at that kind of stuff. They look at it and they, they may feel like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not, you know, that 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 general or that drill sergeant that we need. I just feel like he needs to change the way that he approaches things. Um, somebody uh, mentioned on social media, they said, well, you don't see too many starters out there playing in preseason. I, w- I ask you, look, first off, I just want to say this. Anybody that only watches Saints football, only follow Saints football, and don't really follow what what else is going on in the National Football League, don't come at me and talk to me about what other teams are doing because I can show you how the Philadelphia Eagles had their starters out there playing. I can show you how the Kansas City Chiefs had their starters out there playing in preseason. You know why? Because they're not just looking at it like, oh, it's just preseason. Those are real-life reps that can help these guys get better. And I don't think that is an indication or, or or just some type of outlier that you have these teams that always seem to be playing towards the end of the season, having deep playoff runs, and those other teams that are out there that are still worried about, oh, what happens if my running back gets hurt? Oh, what happens if my quarterback gets hurt? Those are the guys that find themselves sitting at home more times than not and being front runners for this season of HBO's Hard Knocks. Period. You need to make sure that you instill some toughness and and also let these guys know that you bought your business. Period. As long as you continue to be passive and, you know, and I understand that you got coaches out here that are that are players first and all that kind of stuff. And that's cool. But guys need to understand that you're serious. There was very little accountability when guys miss field goals. When guys drop passes, when guys fumbled the football, there was very little. There was there, there was very little ramifications that happened. Period. There was very little, and we're supposed to believe or get a, you know we're we're supposed to not say anything about these things, and we don't have to, we don't look at those things as being alarming. Well, I do. Um, can he fix that? Or he has no choice. Last year. You can make an excuse. Oh, this was Sean Payton's coaches. This was mostly Sean Payton's team. It was plug and play. It was Dennis Allen just got inserted into this position, but everybody there was Sean Payton's guy. You don't have that anymore. The New Orleans Saints allowed Dennis Allen to do what he needed to do this offseason to bring in the guys that he wanted to. He basically, they they looking like the New Orleans Raiders light around this thing, allowed him to bring in all his little buddies that he had from the Raiders. And allowed him to assemble this team. So if this team falls flat on his face, I don't want to hear anything about, 
oh, you know, they need time. Oh, they need no, 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 no. Last year, you needed time. This year, this is your team. And whatever happens going forward, you're responsible for. So I don't want to hear anything. To me, this is put up or shut up when it comes to Dennis Allen. Now, if the if the Saints look like slow this season and you have Dennis Allen come back out here again, then I'm going to start looking at Mickey Loomis because I'm going to think that that's that's just pure arrogance right there. You know, like, you know, know, like you you don't care. Like we just going to double down on it. In, In this case, you're going to triple down on it. So it's put up or shut up because there's nothing like seriously, there's nothing the New Orleans Saints organization can say to me or convince me that Dennis Allen is is the guy going forward. If he cannot lead this team the way that the stars are lining up for the New Orleans Saints, they cannot convince me that this dude can lead this team anywhere. This dude couldn't lead these boys to water in a boat. If he cannot get these guys into the postseason, there are seven spots in the postseason. Somebody please explain to me or show me seven teams that you feel like wholeheartedly that are better than the New Orleans Saints. A a, a team, seven teams that you feel like the Saints don't have the capabilities of beating. So to me, this is it, it don't line up no better than this. If he does not get the Saints to the postseason, at least, I ain't saying winning division. I Look, if they win a division, that's fine. But if he cannot get these guys to the postseason, then there's nothing else need to be said because I don't think I feel alone in this. Nobody's going to believe in this team. Nobody's going to believe that this team can be successful going forward if this guy cannot lead, lead these guys anywhere, period. So, once again, what I'm saying right now is not me saying that I don't believe that he can do it. I hope that he can. I have no choice. I'm a Saints fan. I love the team. I'm dedicated to the team. But, you know, like, it it, it has to be seen. Like, I say this all the time. It's like somebody telling you that they love you. Like, I love you. I love you so much. You mean the world to me. And they do absolutely nothing to show that love, right? It's all lip service, right? You know, like, how would that make you feel? Yeah, they tell me they love me, but they ain't showing it. You're telling me that you're taking steps in the right direction. You're telling me that this guy's the right guy for the job. But if I never see it, how in the world can I be a believer in that? I can't be. You have to show me, man. You know, sometimes you got to have that St. Louis mentality. You got to show me. You got to show me that you're capable of leading this team going forward. I, I, you know, I'm sorry, folks. I, I can't sugarcoat that. Like everything they're doing right now, that's fine, right? I, I think that at the end of the season, last game of the season, the way it ended with Carolina, morale was extremely low. People was upset. People wanted this dude. <laughs> people wanted this dude head on a platter. You know what I'm saying? Like you can see, literally, like I won't say literally, but you can envision people walking down the street with pitchforks and torches ready to, you know what I'm saying, like to try to find where Dennis Allen resides. That's how people felt. Then all of a sudden, they start doing little things in the offseason and, you know, to try to get everybody back into their good graces. Reminds me a lot of last year. Nobody, look, people looked at Dennis Allen and it was like, man, they hired Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen didn't win nothing. He flaked out with the Raiders. And then all of a sudden, 
they start doing stuff that Sean Payton doesn't conventionally do, like sign LSU players, right? What they went out here and got, they got two of the most well-respected, well-loved LSU Tigers of all time almost in Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew just to get on everybody's good side, right? <laughs> like, oh, uh, yeah, we got LSU players, man. We're excited about that. Then all of a sudden, you know, it was controversial, but they start going after this show on Watson just to show old people, like, we serious about trying to get better at the quarterback position. Like, a whole bunch of stuff that made us feel good. And then, just like this year, you know, man, we got Jarvis. Man, we got Mike Thomas. Then all of a sudden, like, we move up and make trades with Philadelphia and get Chris Olave. Oh, my goodness. Now we drafting people that we want? And we got all excited. And, you know, we, we'll talk about the Saints winning 12 and 13 games. And then all of a sudden, look what happens. We find ourselves relying on Andy Dalton to win a football game for us. So, Excuse me for being a little bit skeptical. I'm I'm optimistic, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, anybody that's skeptical out there is well within their rights to, to feel that way, right? Because once again, it lined up like it did last season. That's why when people tell me, man, what you think about this team this year? I feel like just like look, fool me once. What what did they say? Fool me once, shame on um well, yeah, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I make, you making a fool out of me twice, then it's my fault, right? If I allowed you to do that, then it's on me. So I, 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 I withhold my judgment till everything comes together, until I actually see this thing. Because once again, the only way that good lineups matter is on on Madden, right? You simulating the season. I don't feel like playing this season. Let me simulate this. I know I'm making playoffs. I got the squad. Don't work like that in real life. Don't matter who you got. It's a, it matters if these guys can come together and play the game at a high level and win consistently. If they can't do that, then we're just wasting our time and it's just wishful thinking. And I, I don't have time for that. I, I don't, you know? And once again, I don't think any Saints fan has time for that. So Dennis Allen... It's time for him to prove if he's a legit uh, head coach or he's just some guy that's just masquerading as a head coach, but really in reality is just a, a coordinator that's really, really good. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if he was to get fired at the end of this year, I mean, he'll land on his feet. He'll be he'll he'll if he gets fired on on Sunday, he'll be somebody's defensive coordinator on Monday because he's that good. But as a head coach, it remains to be seen. So it's put up a shut up time for D.A. Uh, let's see. Jules says, I don't trust Dennis Allen either. Uh, it says, uh, it'll make better decisions in play calling. Uh, Shady Pete got to step it up with the play calling. All this talent means nothing if the right calls not being made, plus Saints need uh, durability as well. Look, you agree, we can blame uh, Pete Carmichael all day, but that's not even an excuse to me because here's, it, here's the reality also. What we seen last year wasn't good enough in our eyes, right? But if P. Carmichael is retained, which he has been, that's Dennis Allen saying to us that he feels like that P. Carmichael is the guy for the job. So once again, last season, you had a lot of guys that were Sean Payton guys, which I can understand. Okay, you just allowed Dennis Allen to be in this position, but you letting running back coordinators go. Jack Streif goes to the, uh, the Denver Broncos. You got all these other guys that are leaving, right? 
and you had an opportunity to change offensive coordinators. I mean, you could have went out here and got Cliff Kingsbury instead of, you know what I'm saying, him going to Houston. You could have went out here and got one of the, the guy, uh, Johnson, from, you know, the Detroit Lions or something like that to head up your offense. You could have went out here and got Joe Brady, who was on the assistant, uh, assistant on the Buffalo Bills staff. You could have went out here and got one of those guys. But instead, you felt that you had the right guy in-house in P. Carmichael. So you gave him another opportunity. So I'm not even looking at P. Carmichael. I'm not. I'm look, I'm looking at the head coaches and the general managers that allowed this guy to stay on. If you allow a guy to stay on, you are co-signing that this dude is the right guy for the job. So if P. Carmichael goes out there and the offense is as vanilla as Baskin Robbins ice cream, I'm not looking at P. Carmichael like that. I'm looking at Dennis Allen because you have two choices. You had two here, okay? You could have let him go and allowed him to be on Sean Page's coaching staff, which we know that probably would have ended up happening, and you could have hired somebody else, right? Or you could have brought somebody in, maybe on some co-offensive coordinator thing, maybe somebody that sees the, the, the field a little bit different, and you didn't do that. So for all those out here that's trying to find reasons to, you know, look past Dennis Allen's decision-making, look no further. Like, if we all looked at Pete Carmichael and said he left a lot to be desired when it came to calling plays for, for the key players on the team to make and allowing them to make plays, I mean, come on, man. Let, let's be real about this. This dude had opportunity to change coordinators, and he didn't do it. You know, like he'd rather blame it on a running back coach and fire them, right? That's what they did. So – that means that P. Carmichael is supposed to be the right guy for the job. So if P. Carmichael has the Saints, we're averaging, you know, about 19 points a game for the rest of the season, then, you know what I'm saying, he and Dennis Allen can get up out of here. Because that, that just told, tells me right there that you suck at, at appointing head coaches and, you know, not, you know, getting the right guys for the job, period. Uh, let's see. The first time the dog bites you is the dog's fault. Next time is your fault. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, look, the first time this happened when we was all excited and everything like that, look, I can understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't on me. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of pulled the wool over uh, my eyes. But if it happens again, look, you're responsible for that. You're responsible for that. So, and I, I I'd rather hold my judgment. I'm not going to jump out the window and just talk about, you know, Saints to the Super Bowl because what they look like on paper. Hopefully Lamar Jackson gets uh, some wide receivers in a package deal. The draft is coming up, right? Yeah, I think he's going to get some wide receivers, man. They got a really deep wide receiver class this year in this year's draft. And um, I'm pretty sure he'll find somebody. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's more concerned about his contract then adding a wide receiver to the room. Uh, what's happening, OG? No lie, TJ. I think with a healthy Jameis and receiving core, we could have made the most out of the roster and uh, season. Plus, we gave away at least four games last year. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that, you know, there were some games that they it was some self-inflicted wounds that uh, allowed the Saints to uh, lose those games. You know, that's why, you know, we used to crack jokes about, you know, Dennis Allen and talking about cleaning something up, cleaning this up, cleaning that up, cleaning everything up, right? So um, there was, at the beginning of the season, there were a lot of games that they probably could have won, but they didn't win because 
Well, quite frankly, you know, they got out coach and you, you had guys out there that I don't know if the confidence was just low or they just weren't very good that day. But I, I think you can say that for every team, you know, but the thing about it is there are always going to be games in which you may have been a better team, but you're not going to get the win. That, that happens often. But the, the, the key is to make sure that 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 happens, you know, less often than not. Right. Uh, TJ, you almost sound like George Bush with the same on <laughs> the shame on me uh, line. Yeah, I hope not. What is this? Fool me once. Shame on you. Uh, fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me. I'm not going to get fooled again. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of, you know, when you think about it, man, it's not one of those. uh it's not one of those analogies that kind of roll off the tongue, you know, so you kind of got to think about it. I, I can't do much blame for that one. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, little to no excuses to not at least win the division. I don't want to say to win a division. I don't believe that. Like, I, I feel like I feel like winning the division is wishful thinking because, I mean, I'm just going to be real with you. The Saints aren't the best team in the, in the South. Not in my opinion. You know, I think that the Carolina Panthers are better than the New Orleans Saints as of right now. The only, you know, like, and I don't feel bad about saying this because for any individual that will say, man, man, you tripping, TJ. The Carolina Panthers beat the Saints twice. You know, like with Baker Mayfield as a, as a quarterback who only threw one pass for like two yards to LaVisca Chanel, and he went about 60-some-odd yards with that. Neither quarterback was lighting the Saints up, but they still end up losing the football game, right? So if you get a guy who is a really good quarterback, which they're going to most likely get. You combine that with a guy who, to me, is the best out, outside of Andy Reid and maybe outside of Sean Payton, probably the top five best quarterback coaches you got as your head coach at Frank Wright. I got to give the notch to the Carolina Panthers. So if the Saints lose the division, I'm not upset about that. But I look at it like there are seven spots. In the playoffs, there are seven spots in the playoffs, right? So you got to convince me that seven teams are better than the New Orleans Saints. There are not seven teams in the NFC, in my opinion, that are better than the New Orleans Saints. So for to say they should at least win a division, I, I don't know about that one. But they should at least make the playoffs. They should at least make the playoffs. Uh, what's happening, TJ? Hopefully, Pete act like he knows what the playbook look like instead of shaking like a stripper on the sidelines. Miss me with that. Look, all I'm saying is a lot of these guys just put up a shut-up time. I, I ain't taking no excuses in 2023. I won't hear anybody. You can have the fanboys coming out. Man, you ain't no real true Saints fan. Man, Dennis Allen, he the answer. Man, it ain't his fault that the play – like, man, shut up. For real, I ain't got no time for these fanboys out here that's raving the pom-poms and living in the land of delusion. It's rather you got it or you don't. It's rather you can do what you have to do or you're not going to do it at all. I ain't trying to hear nothing about no excuses about what guys need to be doing and what they should have done and all this all this uh, you know, fluff that's trying to be out here about the team because people too afraid to really be honest about what this team is doing because they might lose their spot in their position. I can care less. You know what I'm saying? I can care less. It's time out for the fake stuff. It's time out for us to stop. You know, it's time out to, 
for the sugar coating. Okay, it's, it's time out for all that stuff, man. It's rather you got it or you don't. This is a guy. It's not. It's not like we're talking about a guy who's going into his second season ever as a head coach. This is a guy who had an ex- had an opportunity to be a head coach before. Okay, you want to give us the excuse about the Raiders not being a really good organization and them being dysfunctional and all that kind of stuff. But what happens when you go to a team and you do the same exact thing that you did at your, with your other team? What are you supposed to do then? Are we supposed to sit up here and, and act as if maybe this dude just not good and as a head coach? Are we supposed to just pretend and or, and keep on blaming other people and – and acting as if we're we're dumb and delusional. Like, I'm good on that, bro. I'm good on that. I already told you. If I got to fake the funk to get it on, I'm not doing it. They they got the wrong guy up in here. I'm going to be real. This dude needs to handle his business as a head coach. Or we need to find somebody else that can. You know, because the way uh, – look – I put it like this. Saint fans are in, in the middle right now. Some some people not even in the middle. You know, you got some of them, right? And it's like you're sitting in the middle, right? And if you lean a little bit to the left, you're going to fall off. If you lean a little bit to the right, you're going to fall off. That's the way that, that they feel about Dennis Allen. I mean, as, as many Saint fans as I have talked to. I don't know all the other ones, you know, the ones that sit up there and grin and bear it and Act like they fandom is dependent on them not saying nothing because that's what true fans do not say nothing, even if their team look like slow. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pandora, thank you very much for the $5. Says, why people always want to open my box? <laughs> trust uh, trust me, you don't want to see what's in there. Uh, it's my property anyway. Pandora, thank you very much for the $5. Uh, definitely uh, don't want to open Pandora's box. Let's see. Um, Trail says, I hope I'm wrong, but injuries damage us more than anything. And you can't compete with the best of them when your uh, best players are basically not on the field. So it's time to cut some ties. Trill, I, I agree with you on that. I agree. But there are times where these guys are injured and Saints still have opportunity to win these football games and they flake out. All right. I mean, look, for example, what happened in that Tampa Bay game? Right. What happened in that game versus Minnesota? What happened in that game versus Cincinnati? That was a game where everybody was there. Right. So it's not like, you know, when we're talking about this team, you you can look, you can use the excuse of people being injured and stuff like that. I'm not saying you're doing this trail, but you can use that excuse all you want to. But for every time you can tell me, oh, this guy wasn't out there, I can tell you a game where a guy was there and they still didn't get the job done. So. Once again, man, I know we don't want to sometimes look in the mirror and realize that it is what it is, but it is what it is. You know, like you can't like I'm not making no excuses. Teams get teams out here. They they deal with injuries. Teams out here, they deal with adversity, but they seem to still find themselves looking at the postseason close to the postseason. So injuries are going to happen. And. There's this old saying, those that don't remember their history are doomed to repeat it. So once again, for the, since 2020, we have seen the New Orleans Saints deal with injuries, injuries to the most important position and to the most important New Orleans Saint probably of all time in Drew Brees. Since 2020, we have seen players 
that are instrumental to the success of the New Orleans Saints go down. So what that tells you right there? That tells you you need to dot the I's and cross the freaking T's. So why aren't you dotting the I's and crossing the freaking T's? Why are you, you know, why are you knowing that I love the brother, but why is it that you're looking at a guy like Michael Thomas who has not played in almost three years and you're still not maybe thinking about what if we lose Michael Thomas again? Well, there's a fine line between Michael Thomas and Marquez Callaway, right? There's, there's a huge drop-off, right? But instead, you want to sit up here and go after an undrafted, unproven free agent that only is probably good at one thing, probably stretching the field, probably finding little soft spots and zones. But if if a guy jams him on the line of scrimmage, he ain't going nowhere, right? If you if you have a, 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 cup, a safety over the top, he ain't doing nothing. How about getting guys that can actually have a little bit more of a skill set than one particular thing? How about accounting for guys? If you look at the analytics, which I'm pretty sure that you do, how about looking at guys and how often they get injured and maybe adding some depth at that position? I don't feel bad for this. I'm sorry, man. It's one thing if this happened like once and, okay, you know what I'm saying, it didn't happen again. But for the last almost three years, the Saints have been dealing with injuries to key players. And yet we're supposed to understand and feel sorry for them when you keep on doing the same thing over and over again. Well, if you know that a guy is one dimensional and he's your next line, he's your next man up. Who fault is that? Really? I can't even blame the player because the player, he wants to get signed. He wants to play. He wants to get paid. But if he's not the guy, how am I supposed to blame him for that? If he goes out there and he just don't give you six catches for a buck nine or and two tubs, like how am I supposed to blame this guy? When this dude just happy that he made the team, right? He got the phone call on his cell phone. He called his mama with tears in his eyes because he excited that he made the football team. And that's good for him, and I'm happy for him. But at the same time, how am I supposed to be content? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and be okay with this dude, you know, being the, the number one guy. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's crazy for us to accept. Accept it. Like, it, it be mad at the dude because he ain't T.O. Or mad because he ain't Randy Moss. Like, come on, man. I, I can't do that. Trail says 100% agree uh, with you. Trail, thank you for the 499. I appreciate that, man. But I'm serious, man. It is Look, my son, Eric, man, for the most part, all of y'all know Paxton. Paxton, my son, my, my three-year-old son. If I'm teaching Paxton how to play football, right, we, we got the little small little football that he likes to throw. And I tell Paxton, Paxton, run a post route. And he looks at me and be like, he don't know what I'm talking about. He just stands right there or he just start running around in a circle. Why would I get mad at him or something like that, right? Because, I, I mean, he, he ain't used to it, right? He, he don't know what, what I'm talking about. Or, you know what I'm saying, he hasn't grasped that yet. So, once again, how can you get mad at a guy who has a limited skill set and probably because his skill set is limited or he's raw, you know, the reason he probably didn't get drafted in the first place or he got drafted late. Why am I getting mad at him? Because he he isn't living up to first round potential. Because he's not a first round pick. <laughs> like, it's that simple. 
it, it's that it's that plain, man. Like so, I I, I just think that you got to add depth to the the positions, and and is it has shown you from the quarterback, from the running back, from the wide receivers. How many years did Michael Thomas? It basically be the is-all and a be-all of the wide receiver room. And then all of a sudden we getting upset and talking about, oh, man, what are we going to do because Michael Thomas is down? Like, we 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 used that hypothetical for years. When Michael Thomas won Offensive Player of the Year, when he had 149 receptions, everybody that called this show, everybody that commented on this show said, man, if something happened to Michael Thomas, we're going to be in trouble. Well, guess what happened when, it, when when Michael Thomas and something happened to him? Guess what happened? Guess what happened? The, the same thing we've been talking about for years. So once again, those that don't learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. So how in the world can we be upset at guys that aren't capable of doing what we want them to do? I mean, you, you basically just hurting yourself with that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, curtail injuries uh by proving the player surface the playing surface yeah i agree with that man the playing surface has a lot to do with especially like some of those uh you know those uh domes uh you know uh, we've heard this before i think there was a big controversy in um los angeles uh when the uh, Bengals played the rams you know people were lobbying for you know um you know having actual grass inside doors um I know that was a big hot topic discussion, but look, injuries are going to happen. I don't care what kind of turf you put out there. You can put, you can put a uh, real grass out there. You can put artificial grass out there, man. Look, I don't care what you do. I mean, injuries are going to happen, but I mean, you want to make sure that you do everything within your power to try to avoid the injuries from taking place. But hey, uh, keep sleeping on Tampa. We'll still, we're still the best team in the division with the best quarterback. Period. The next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. Yeah, because you got to be one. Well, I ain't even, even going to tell you to call a crackhead. I think we need to call you because you got to be out your mind. You think that Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in the division? Man, um, somebody started early. I thought I thought tomorrow was 420. <laughs> I thought tomorrow was 420. That man got started early. What time is it? Okay, it's 143. Eastern Standard Time here in South Carolina. So somebody got started early, man. If they actually honestly believe that Baker Mayfield can, man, please. I like, look, I, I think that Baker Mayfield get the short end of the stick. Don't get me wrong. I think that there's some, some, some opportunity there. But my guy, like, seriously, like, come on, man. This man said, man, come on, man. I, I look. Much love to you, man. Shots out to you. You know, thank you for being here, repping your team, long, uh, you know, long and strong. But uh, that's all wrong. <laughs> you repping long and strong, but that's all wrong, man. Seriously. Uh, did they hire anyone to help uh, or assist Coach D.A. in being the head coach and defensive coordinator for the season? Because those are two uh, key positions for one person. Well, look, I didn't hire anybody, didn't hire any assistants or anything like that. Um, what they did do, though, um, you know, they appointed, uh, you know, one uh, defensive coordinator in Woods, which, uh, you know, they should have done. Um, 
you know, they they allowed Ryan Nielsen and um and what do you call him, uh, Chris Richard to leave, you know. So now they're trying to just have one guy, you know, be appointed to one position. But look, as far as helping somebody, <laughs> helping them be the head coach, look, I don't want anybody helping Dennis Allen be a head coach. I don't want any head coach to be getting help. The only help that I want a coach to have is from <laughs> from the Lord. That's it. The Lord needs to be your help, right? Because you need to be competent enough and stable enough and focused enough to lead the team, to lead men. If you have guys in your ear, man, you need to do this, you need to do that, man, that's a sloppy shot right there. Too many hands in a cookie jar for my liking. Look, you can have hands in a cookie jar when it comes to offensive line, in my opinion. You can have hands in a cookie jar when it comes to like certain like skill positions. But as the head coach, he needs to be the voice. He needs to be the guy. He needs to be the final say. So as long as you look, the Lord needs to be the only uh, guidance and, and sidekick that he needs to have as a head coach. Seriously. Like, I feel like anything else, uh, you might as well just go ahead and get somebody else. I mean, there's nothing wrong with like calling mentors or something like that. Like, I'm I'm, I'm sure Sean Payton used to call Bill Parcells a lot and and try to throw things off him. But I'm pretty sure when it came down to like making final decisions, it wasn't you know a bunch of guys sitting up in a room and saying what y'all think. It was what he thought, and if you ain't like it, kick rocks. Hell to the nah. That means drinking Ripple. I don't know if you're drinking Ripple or. Uh, uh, I don't know, a uh, sky vodka or something like that. She was some, some McCormick, <laughs> some cheap stuff. Uh, pup, pup, pass, tap, big face. <laughs> Let's see. And TJ, the, uh, the bear need help. Um, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, man, uh, the head coach needs to have the final say. He needs to have the final say, and that should just be it for that. Should be over with. Done, done. TJ, are we going to have co defensive coordinators again? No, no, they only have. They only have one defensive coordinator uh, right now. I want to say his name, Joe Woods, if I'm not mistaken. I want to make sure I'm saying his name right, uh, but I believe that's what it is. Yeah, Joe Woods uh, is the new defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints, which to me, he has the position, but in reality, we know it's Dennis Allen that's going to be calling the defensive plays. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got a, a Bucks fan. In the chat, somebody tell Yellow Boy to drag, <laughs> drag him to the river. <laughs> and man, up here quoting that partners in crime. No, I mean, you no, know, what that partners in crime? Well, I think it was. <laughs> man, that's a, that's a classic right there. Let's see. Um, uh, TJ, what are the four games you think we lost uh, that were egregious? Uh, for me, it was the second Tampa game. That's a good one. The Pittsburgh game, I, I I disagree with that. We just they just lost that game. The Cincinnati game, I agree with that one. In the second Carolina game, um, if we want to talk about that second Carolina game, we can talk about like I mean, the Saints were done anyway. I mean, they were toast, so it didn't really matter. Um, I have to say that Minnesota game, they shouldn't have lost that game. They shouldn't have lost in Minnesota. Um, I agree with you with the Tampa Bay game. I agree with you with the Cincinnati game. And um, let me think. Mm, I'm not sure, man. I, I, I mean, 
I have to think about that one. I think about that Ford game because I'm I'm thinking about games that if you know, well, to me, quite honestly, they shouldn't have lost to Carolina at all. Okay, should have been two Carolina games because Matt Rule was fired a week later. So, I mean, they didn't even like his team didn't even want to play for him for the most part, and they lost that game. So I would have to say two Carolina games, the Cincinnati game. And the Minnesota game, the Minnesota game would uh would be up there for me. They shouldn't have lost that game in London. Period. I don't I don't know how they lost that game. I, I really don't know. It was just one of those games. I'm like, man, how did you lose that game? But let's see. Um, I think I'm gonna scroll back up a little bit. Uh, Slim South says NFL is a joke for drug testing. Mike T for lifting 530 pounds. Dude, just putting in some work to come back. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> kind of knew they was probably going to do that, especially when it, if it goes viral on social media. And that's not that's not too much of a surprise. I've seen that before where a guy like posts his workout and um, they end up drug testing or a guy performs like really well and they get him drug tested. Because I want to say one time, I think Cam Jordan had like three sacks in a game. I think it was against the Falcons and he <laughs> drug tested him the dick. Uh, they drug tested him, I think, that day or something like that, right after he got off the field. Uh, P. Carmichael is going to get Dennis Allen fired after the season. No, oh, I correction. Dennis Allen going to get himself fired at the end of the season if he allows uh, his decisions of what he's doing right now to affect the season. Like he, he, he brought that on himself. This is the off season. This is, this is the opportunity for you to correct the wrongs from last year and improve. So, he had opportunity to change coordinators. He did not. So once again, that means that you are complacent. You know what I'm saying? Like that means you content, right? You know what I'm saying? That means you okay with what's going on, right? Keep on doing what you're doing. Is that what he what he was saying, right? Well, that's what he said in the second half when when uh, Andy Dalton <laughs> threw through two pick sixes. Keep on doing what you're doing, right? So I guess that's how he feels. I feel you, TJ, but I just think we were more talented than Pittsburgh and Carolina, but it goes back to what you said about good on paper doesn't win games. Well, look, I, I think with the Pittsburgh Steelers game, look, King Arthur, yeah, talent, talent-wise, yeah, they should have won that game, but let, 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 <laughs> let's be serious. If you had a choice at Mike Tomlin being your head coach, or Dennis Allen being your head coach, who's one you gonna go with? I'm going with Mike Tomlin, right? That like the Baltimore Ravens. If you look at, if you look at the coaches um, that Dennis Allen went up against, if they were a top coach, I mean, he didn't stand a chance. You didn't stand a chance. Like, it, look, you have coaches out here that can overcome certain situations. You know, they may not have the best talent on paper, but they can get the best out of the talent that they had. Dennis Allen isn't one of those guys, but Mike Tomlin is. How many times have we we thought that, that the Pittsburgh Steelers were just going to fall off the face of the earth and Mike Tomlin just continue to win games? I want to say last year, I think that was, this, that was his first time having a losing record in his entire coaching career. So... I, I gotta give him I gotta give him the notch for that one, King Arthur, because he he's that good of a coach. He can get the best out of guys. Guys believe in him. Guys buy into what he's actually selling. Unlike Dennis Allen, 
I mean, look, ain't nobody buying what he's selling right now. You know, maybe the the I, I think the guys have a sense of pride. That's the best. Like to me, that's the best thing that the Saints got going for them. That they have a symbol of locker room where guys have pride, right? They 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 not phoning it in, they not quitting. They they you know what I'm saying they plan for each other, they love each other, they they genuinely care about one another, and they play for one another. If he didn't have that, four wins, four, because I, I mean, a coach has to be a motivator. A coach has to be a guy who, who you can believe in. You look in his eyes and you know, for example, if I'm about to go to war. This man about to lead us through this foxhole and we about to take over enemy territory. I don't get that from no Dennis Allen. I don't. I don't get I don't I don't get any of that from Dennis Allen. But I think that, you know, once again, I think that he can I think that he, you know, he can get it done, you know, cuz it's a new season. But, you know, I mean, he has an opportunity. I, let me say let me rephrase that. He has an opportunity to get it done because it's a new season. In Drew Brees' last days with y'all, who was responsible for the failure in the playoff after having uh, back-to-back winning seasons? Um, You said in Drew Brees' last days with y'all, who was responsible for the failures in the playoffs after having two back-to-back? Look, I, the, I, look last game? That Drew Brees played in the postseason, it, it, yeah, yeah. We can we can talk about the the Jared Cook fumble, but Drew Brees played like trash in that game. Uh, he, he played like trash in that game. Um, and honestly, in that game versus Minnesota, that the Saints got you know eliminated in that wild card round. You know, I mean, <laughs> I can say the same thing. It's a combination. I, I feel like I feel like it's a combination of Sean Payton and Drew Brees in that. I feel like. Sean Payton understood that Drew Brees was injured, but it seemed like to me like he didn't want to compensate for it, right? He wanted, I don't know if him and Drew had that conversation, like, man, this is my last hurrah, whatever like that, and he wanted him to go out in the blaze of glory. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I think they should have accommodated, uh, you know, they, they should have accommodated Drew's limitations a bit. I mean, the guy was playing and, you know, had cracked ribs, and uh, it was – it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. But it was a it was a combination of both. It's a combination of Breeze and, and Peyton, in my opinion. Uh TJ number nine, J- uh Jameer Gibbs and 40 Sika Ica of Baylor. Um, um I'm not really I'm not really on board with take taking Jameer Gibbs at number 29. Not to say that I don't like Jameer Gibbs. I think he's a really good running back. Really talented guy, um, but uh, the Saints have bigger fish to fry. Okay, they got they got bigger fish to fry uh, than drafting a running back. I mean, you already got two right now that that's capable of of leading leading your team. You know, so I think that at this particular point, the running back position is a luxury. I wouldn't be mad at it, like, but I think that Gibbs could be there for you in the second round, or I don't think he's gonna be there in the third round, but. He could be there for you in the second round. I think the most important thing is maybe getting help on the defensive line over anything. Uh, T, well, hold on. Let me go back. Linda says, I need to motivate and have leadership is the most for a head coach. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you need you need those leadership uh, qualities in order for you to be a successful head coach. 
Breeze should not have come back uh, that KC that season. I agree, man. I, I agree with that. I agree that he, he shouldn't have came back uh, as early as he did. But, you know, that's that's what happened. You know, I, I, look, I, I feel like this. I, I feel like this. Um, they they should have they should have uh, allowed him to come back, but they, it should have been it, it, he should have like waited. He should have waited, you know what I'm saying? But I think that, like I said, I just think that they probably knew that you know it was his you know his last hurrah and stuff like that. Man, they didn't want him to go out like that. But I don't know. I just think that Drew Brees. I I, I think. Playing that playoff game, I think he ended up hurting the team, man. I think he ended up hurting the team. I also think, like, he ended up hurting the team in that game versus Minnesota. Like, it was clear. Like, sorry, it, it was clear that that was Taysom Hill game. Taysom, like, Taysom Hill was virtually unstoppable in that game. Like, he like he was unstoppable. And I always tell people, like, if you don't believe that Drew Brees had an ego, that was a pass that – that Taysom Hill threw, I think it was like a 55-yard pass to Deontay Harris um, down the field. And, you know, Taysom was cooking in that game, man. Taysom was cooking. Like, you you can have your opinions about Taysom, but if Taysom would have played that game from start to finish, I don't think that game would have been close versus Minnesota because they didn't have an answer for him. They didn't have an answer. I mean, he was – out there catching passes he was running guys over he was breaking tackles he was throwing the ball down the field but back to what i was saying he threw a 55 yard pass down the field and then if you if you um remember the next time drew Brees hit the field i don't think drew Brees threw a pass past 20 yards the entire season he tried to throw a bomb down the field which was just absolutely positively like uh, uh, uh i mean no, man, it was like I don't know, like a, a ten-year-old threw that pass or something like that. A five-year-old, like it, it was like 10, 10, 12 yards short of this wide receiver and it got intercepted. And I'm like, why didn't he do that? Like, why, why would you do that? It just seemed like to me, like the crowd was going crazy and people was like really behind Taysom. And then all of a sudden, like Drew was like, "Well, watch this." And nah, that wasn't it, bro. That wasn't it. But uh, you know, but for every you know, short pass that Drew Brees threw. You know, I mean, there were thousands of touchdowns, or hundreds of touchdowns that he threw. You know, throughout the years that had us gave us levels of excitement. But you know, towards the end of his career, man, I just you know felt like, I mean, Father Time is undefeated. You know, like you play all those games and stuff like that, man. You taking all that wear and tear on your body. You know, it's only a matter of time for that stuff catch up with you. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not one of those people that's that's gonna sugarcoat things. I'm uh, like I'm like I've mentioned, like he didn't play well. Like he didn't play well. You know, I'm not one of those delusional people that, you know, man, how dare you talk about the great Drew Brees like that? Look, man, it's like if Drew Brees eyes with himself, Drew know the truth, right? And we love Drew Brees, but you got to call a spade a spade. You know, those playoff appearances were not his best. You know, and um, you know. They they cost the team, you know. They, they I mean it wasn't it wasn't just his his quarterback play. It was on a, a few more things that added on to it. But playing average when you're above average as a quarterback didn't help the cause either. 
I think Drew came back in the Kansas City game so he can play Mahomes for the first time before he retired. Still, it hurt the team. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that it did, you know, hurt the team to a certain extent. Be, you know, but as great as Drew Brees was, I think every now and then, you know, you can have moments where you can think about yourself, you know, at times. And I think that's probably what it was too. I think <laughs> I think he wanted that moment for himself. I agree with that. I mean, but if you play enough, you win enough, I think, you know, we can look past that. But I agree with you on that one. I mean, they were they were, they were good enough. They were good enough to uh they were good enough to beat Kansas City. I mean, <laughs> as low they would have picked the ball up and still let it roll out the Izzo. Rose colored glasses obstruct the truth. Yeah, I mean, I think that once again, people feel like by saying certain things about a person means that they're not loyal to a person. And that's just not true. If my wife, you know, criticizes me about something that I'm doing, I don't feel like she don't love me. I just feel like she wants me to be better or she just bringing up something and bringing it to my attention. Um, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad about that. I, I feel bad about saying what I'm saying about Drew Brees because I tell anybody, Drew Brees is my favorite New Orleans Saint of all time. The most important New Orleans Saint of all time, if you want to be honest. You know, so, but at the same time, I mean, we can't, like, just sweep under the rug that he didn't play very well in, pl in the playoffs. He didn't. Throughout throughout the, throughout his, his entire Saints career, for the most part, I only could think of a few games where he just basically played lights out. There was a lot, like, I, I just wonder sometimes, I'm just being serious, like, if you would have took early from 06 to 2009 Drew Brees and put him like with some of those teams like towards the, the late 2010s, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the, the 17s on back. If he would have had that type of talent, I don't think like some of those playoff games would have been close. But I just feel like the Saints, they waited way too long to try to get a team behind them. And around that time, Drew Brees was – uh, his, his talent was starting to diminish. It's just one of those things, man. You know, it's like they they took years to try to catch up with Drew, and then when they finally caught up with him, Drew, they looked and they realized that Drew was kind of running behind him. Uh, my brother uh, be feeling like people be uh, trash-talking Breeze. Uh, we all saying, yeah, uh, he won a trophy. Uh, won't take that away, but the last few years, he was hurting the Saints with his arm uh disability well i say i i put it to you like this if you're at look the way the quarterback position was played over the last couple of years if i could take drew Brees with his minimum arm strength minimal arm strength yeah i would have took it you know if look drew Brees at his at his twilight is leaps and bounds better than some of the quarterback play we didn't had here over the last couple of years so i would take that but I do agree there were certain like certain things that he couldn't do. And um I think that it kind of hurt the team towards the end. If Drew Brees from two like if you had 06 to 2010 Drew Brees over that little run, some of those playoff appearances wouldn't have been close because the Saints would have blew the doors off everybody. I mean, it, it it wouldn't have been close. Like Drew Brees, like I, I think some people like forget, man, this dude was like on another level, like during that time putting up numbers and stuff like that. It, it wouldn't have been close. You you would probably would have seen 
some of those games look like how Philadelphia looked in this list, this past postseason. That that's the way it looked. I mean, pr- probably Drew Brees' best playoff run probably was the 09 season. That probably was his like his best playoff run. I look at like when they lost to the, the 49ers, you know, that was average. You know what I'm saying? Like they end up like beating Philadelphia that year. If I'm not mistaken, they won by like a field goal. I mean, that game was pretty much nip and tuck. Um, you go back to what, 2017. He didn't play really good in that game when they got put out by Minnesota, right? I mean, what he had, like two first half interceptions. Uh 2018. Um, didn't really play that well in that playoff game. You know what I'm saying? Like that game was pretty close, like against Philadelphia. Elshon Jeffries, ball bounce out of his hand. Marshawn Lattimore catches the interception. Philadelphia on their on way to score. Who who knows what would have happened if they would have scored that? So I'm, I'm just saying, man, like, it, it, I love Drew Brees, but I've seen better playoff performances from, from elite talent. But, you know, like I said, I think his best run in the playoffs was in 2009. Like, you know, like when he was in the Super Bowl, like he had, I think at the time, like he broke the uh, record for most completions in the Super Bowl game for Tom Brady broke his record. Um, and that game versus uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they blew them boys out. Um, Minnesota defense couldn't stop him in the NFC Championship game, and neither could the Saints defense stop Minnesota and Brett Favre. So that was probably his best run. You know, I don't feel like that's blasphemous, man. I mean, go back and look at the film. This, this is not an indictment that Drew Brees isn't great. You know, I think that everybody knows how great he is, but you got to call a spade a spade. Uh, if things don't uh, make players, well, let me see. If things don't make players this year, then uh, got no excuse. I'm not sure exactly what, what, what you're um, trying to say, Reginald. I'm not sure about what you're um, trying to, you know, get at. Uh, Drew Brees was the king of the 30 yards and below passes. I think that's enough to move the offense and put up points. It only hurts when you're uh, down late with little time and can't stretch the field. Uh, I don't. I don't know about that though, King. I mean, I I agree to a certain extent. I I think it depends on who the quarterback is, if that makes any sense, right? Because Drew Brees facilitated comebacks, <laughs> doing exactly what you say that he did, which is like thirty yards and below. But you know. It was about tempo, right? Okay, I get the ball. Okay, man, get to the line. Okay, next, 15 yards. Okay, get to the line. Okay, 25 yards, get to the line. Okay, we might, you know what I'm saying, catch one 15, break for another 5, 20 yards. You know you get what I'm saying? Like, so it worked, but it depends on who's actually doing it. Now, it's going to come a time where, look, you, you want a quarterback that can be able to get the ball down the field in a certain amount of time, so maybe you can get the ball back or give you a little bit more time for your defense to be able to make some plays and the clock can be your friend, especially if you're holding some timeouts and things got to go your way. But um, I think that it takes a special type of quarterback in order to have that particular skill set and be that limited and still be able to facilitate comebacks like he did. So I think I agree with what you're saying. I think it depends on the quarterback. I think it depends on the quarterback, though. Uh, I think he's trying to say if the Saints don't make the playoffs, okay, all right. If yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, I, I definitely agree with you with that one, Reginald. I I, I agree with you. Our players, uh, our players, 
don't stay healthy, then they want to uh, make no impact. Anyone has uh, no excuse. Well, look, you can't make excuses, especially if you're not on the field. Especially if you're not on the field. Like, if you if you ain't on the field, man, you ain't making no impact whatsoever. I'm going to read a few more, then I got to get out of here, folks. It says, uh, we said that every draft we need a rookie quarterback, but in it was skinny Ian Book. <laughs> yeah, um, he's not even on the team anymore. But, you know. But I always say, man, look, I'm not in the business of drafting quarterback just because you need a quarterback. You draft a guy because you feel like he can bring something to the table. Maybe the Saints at the time felt like, uh, you know, Ian Book can bring something to the table. Maybe the playbook. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe a headset. Maybe some juicy fruit for Sean Payton. But I don't know. But they felt like he can bring something. Uh, Unfortunately, as Saints fans, we never figured out what it was. Uh, Throwing for a lot of yards doesn't make you great. Uh, it's the hardware. Patrick Mahomes has two rings already. Dan Marino has zero rings. But if you ask anybody uh, who's, the, I'm gonna tell who's the top 10 greatest quarterback of all time, Dan Marino name still come up. All right. I mean, I don't fall for this whole, you know, television entertainment aspect of, man, you got to win. You got to win. Because you will be convincing me that Joe Flacco is better than, than Dan Marino. Or Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino. Dan Marino name still comes up as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and will continue because he still did something. Look, everybody can throw 5,000 yards for the most part now, right? Because all teams do for the most part is throw the football. Dan Marino did it during a time when throwing the football wasn't as attractive as a potent running game. And this man put up big numbers. Wasn't his fault that his team, you know, kind of – you know, flaked out on him or whatever, but he has always been consistent. He was always great. And he's always going to be an all-time great for me. And you can ask anybody, right, any football historian or anybody that had the privilege of watching Dan Marino. Now, you probably come to some type of issue where people like myself is going to start to get older. The, the individuals that remember Dan Marino in his prime and, and watched his career we're going to start to get older and Dan Marino is going to seem like Sammy Bob Otto Graham or something like that. You know what I'm saying? In the eyes of some of the younger generation. Some people that's probably watching football right now probably don't even know who Dan Marino is. But for a person that watched Dan Marino and realized how great he was, he always going to be a top 10. You know, and thank goodness for football historians that have an appreciation for him because – I mean, everybody loved Dan Marino, and everybody always put him in the top 10, Super Bowl or not. Uh, I'm grateful that I closed a wound uh, for y'all towards Breeze. Um, I ain't closed no wound because here's the reality. Like, Drew Breeze hasn't been the Saints quarterback going on three years, so I'm not mad at all. I mean, it is what it is. You know, know, Drew Breeze was a great uh, quarterback. Greatest New Orleans Saint of all time, but I mean, talking and getting mad about stuff that happened years ago, I mean, it's not going to help the team any at all. Uh, some people in uh, let me see, in New Orleans have a hard time bringing in new stuff like repairing streets that should have been repaired in 50 years. I agree with that. Yeah, we like to hold on to, um, you know, like to hold on to the olden days, as my, my grandparents would say, <laughs> the olden days. Uh, but sometimes you got to embark on a future, man. Um, you know, it's not that you're disrespecting your past. 
is the fact that you're acknowledging the future and um you know it is what it is uh but i want to say thank you all for checking out the state of the saints podcast really do appreciate that appreciate your time uh be sure to uh, check us out um on social media you can go to facebook.com you can search the gumbo pie sports podcast also you can go to uh to youtube.com and you can search uh, the state of saints podcast network Previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Um, also asking everybody, please, pretty please, to like this video, of course. But also, please search Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast and subscribe to the channel. YouTube.com, search Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast. We're trying to grow that channel. It is a NFL-based channel. We're going to be talking about some of the hottest topics in the NFL. And I'm asking you to subscribe to the channel. Tell me what you think. I'm I'm serious. Like, I don't I'm I'm really need your feedback because we're really trying to push this show, we're really trying to push uh the gumbo pot uh to make it as successful as the State of the Saints podcast. Uh we want to make it as interesting and as exciting as uh we have the State of the Saints podcast. So once again, uh youtube.com search gumbo pot sports podcast. Uh you can follow me on Twitter at TJAY Jones8. And you can follow the Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast page at Gumbo Pot, no, Gumbo Sports Talk. That's Gumbo Sports Talk. Thank you all so much. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?